Hi, my name is Kevin Vozar, vacation property professional, travel enthusiast, financial planner and investment advisor, dog and cat lover, and now the host of the CFY podcast, brought to you by Cabins for You, a vacation rental management company born in the heart of the Smokies in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. With over 20 years of experience in the vacation industry, CFY's podcast will cover all aspects of travel and vacation rentals for both travelers and vacation property owners. If you've got itchy feet or are planning a vacation, want to jump into the vacation rental business, or just want to learn more about the travel industry, stick around. It's about to get good. Other things, other than the five financial variables that we just spoke about, other things to consider when buying an overnight vacation rental property, guest amenities. What's going to separate your property from the thousands of other properties out there as well? What's your what's the differentiator in your property? You know, um, most vacationers today are becoming much more astute, savvier. I don't want to say spoiled, but they become more discerning into what they're looking for. Uh, and they're looking for, and they're a little bit more demanding today than perhaps they were 15 or 20 years ago. So what you're going to want to do as a property owner and what we're going to want to do to ensure that you know what you should do is make sure that your, pro- that your property is adequately equipped with the amenities that today's guests want. Obviously, an outdoor hot tub uh, is a given. Guests will actually, if your property doesn't have a hot tub, guests will book around you to get a property that does. Whether they use it or not, they will book around you because your property doesn't have a hot tub. Internet and Wi-Fi. I would have never believed this in a million years if you had told me, but in today's uh, you know tourist space, internet, Wi-Fi, high-speed internet is almost as important as a hot tub. You know, you got kids wanting to stream SpongeBob, you know, mom or dad needing to be check their emails. They want to be on a webinar or conference call. Um, It's just really important today. Uh, Phone service, you know, having a local uh, landline is actually still pretty important in a cabin because um, a lot of times the areas that the property is in doesn't have great cell service for 911 or other emergency uh, reasons. So it's important to perhaps include local, you know, landline phone service in the property. Uh, TV packages, obviously, you don't have to provide premium movie channels, but, you know, I'll tell you, a lot of guests sure love enhanced uh, television packages um, so they can watch their favorite sports team or. Uh, their favorite news show or their favorite uh, home improvement show or something like that. Speaking of television, you know, the advent of the smart TV has really changed um, the television packages that owners of properties purchase. A lot of owners just buy the smart TV if they've got great internet and set up a Netflix or a Hulu or Peacock or some other streaming service. And a lot of times guests have their own, and they can log in using your smart TV. So it's something to consider, and it can keep your costs down. Uh, Pool tables in a game room or other table games. Uh, Air hockey and foosball and pool tables were always the standard. Today, many properties are also owners are purchasing arcade-style games, multi-cade games, golden tee golf games, uh, driver games. Things like that that really do um, separate today's more tech-savvy 
uh, traveler and, and, and the kids of them uh, versus what maybe would have been acceptable 15, 20 years ago. Um, and then obviously some properties, it's, it's pretty good to have a gaming system like, a, you know, a Xbox or PlayStation or something like that. Um, last but not least, updated televisions in all bedrooms and in all, you know, common areas, the living room, the family room, bedrooms, um, as well as uh, Blu-ray or, or at the very least DVD players. And if you buy... If you're contemplating a larger lodge, um, obviously one of the most popular items is having a dedicated theater room, um, which is uh, whether you put in traditional theater room seating or you put in sofas, it's a great way for a, a larger property for, you know, for guests to enjoy a movie or for that matter businesses to stream, uh, you know, uh, business meetings uh, using, you know, uh, internet and Zoom and things like that. And certainly another one for a luxury lodge is indoor or outdoor private pools are very, very exciting. They're very popular and can really lead to much higher income for the property owner. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's, every property is different. Every Every amenity is different. Another really exciting and popular amenity for properties is some really high-end outdoor living space, a fire pit, a patio, lighting, something that will give the guests the feeling of being outside and camping without being outside and camping. So they can sit, you know, uh, enjoy the evening, roast some marshmallows, make some s'mores, uh, have a glass of wine or some tea. Kids are outside playing. It's just as a nice way, if your property can accommodate it, to really separate your property from the other ones around you. Another thing to consider, and I know I'm giving you a lot, but uh, the good news is, is at the end of this, uh, there's going to be an ability for you to get a paper on this topic uh, emailed to you. So uh, just stand by till the very end. Um, you have to consider whether you want your property to be pet friendly or not. Um, you know, a lot of people today are traveling with their dogs or, or other animals and uh, a lot of property owners want to accommodate that. So you have to determine whether you want your property to be pet friendly or not. Obviously, something that's pet friendly is going to generate more income, but it can also generate some more wear and tear. So this is a personal preference and we can certainly help guide you through that. Something that I'm asked more than I thought I would be asked is how often can I use my property? And some property managers um, restrict owners uh, to a very narrow band of days and times that they can use their property for personal use. Some have limit the number of days. Some will limit you to the seasons. Some will limit you to the days of the week. Um, so it's very important to ask any potential property manager what their policy is on owner stays. Um, now, of course, obviously, there's a cost to use using your property. In addition to making you know memories with your family and enjoying your time in these great vacation areas, it's also a loss of income from renting it to a revenue customer. So uh, the less you uh, the less you use, the more you make. But we also want you to enjoy 
um, something that there's no other investment like its kind that you can enjoy. So you're not exactly enjoying your quarterly 401k statement or your IRA statement or your bank statement, but this is an investment that you can enjoy. Now, there's one more thing to consider about personal stays in a vacation rental property. Vacation rental properties are considered businesses. You're earning an income. You have to uh, report that income to the IRS. And yes, in a lot of cases, you're able to deduct most, if not all, of your uh, cabin or chalet or property condo-related expenses. But that comes with some restrictions that the IRS imposes. The IRS says that um, for vacation rental properties, an owner cannot use it for more than 14 leisure days a year. Now, um, and that's obviously in order to de- you know, retain the deductibility of, of all of the expenses. Uh, but keep in mind that work days in a cabin or in a chalet or a condo, if you're doing repairs, if you're making replacement of items, if you're meeting a contractor or doing something other than just lounging and enjoying it for vacation, it's not considered a leisure day. So though you have 14 leisure days, there are abilities to, if necessary, to spend more than that in your property uh, to both enjoy it, but also to perform some some tasks that you have to. So, you know, uh, linens obviously is another um, variable to consider. Um, some uh, managers uh, provide linens, some don't. Uh, some want you to provide them, uh, but most provide the basics. They provide fitted sheets and flat sheets for all of the beds, pillowcases, bath sets, bath towels, hand towels, washcloths, a pool table or pool tables, pool towels for properties with pools and kitchen towels. Okay, items generally you're going to be responsible for as it relates to linens in a property that you're thinking about owning include pillows and pillow protectors. A pillow protector is basically like a uh, encases the pillow to protect the pillow under the pillowcase. Mattress pad, bed bug covers, uh, blankets, quilts, comforters, bed spreads, duvets. Those are all your responsibility. Pillow shams, dust, dust ruffles and bed skirts. And window treatments are your uh, are your responsibility generally um, in a vacation rental property here in the Tennessee Smokies and the North Georgia Mountains. Um, something that I always counsel uh, owners not to do, as much as you'd like to and as fancy as they can be, stay away from any items that are dry clean only. Most management companies have their own laundries, and those who don't, their cleaners will launder their linens in the cabin themselves. But in generally speaking, most of the areas that are served by vacation property managers have maybe one or two dry cleaners, and they tend to be very expensive. So try to stay away from uh, dry clean only items. Something else to consider is how do you title the property at closing? You know, um, it can be personal, you know, yourself individually. It could be joint with a spouse or a significant other. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it can be in your individual names and the 1099 goes to an individual Social Security number and you file a Schedule C for your taxes. Um, You know, you've got your income, your 1099, your deductions, and you file it just like you would receive any other miscellaneous self-employment income. Um, although there are some people 
who think that they should title the property under a limited liability company, an LLC, or other corporate structure, subchapter S, C Corp, a partnership. It's really up to you. It, 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 it's determined by your personal financial situation, your, the assets that you're trying to protect and shelter, uh, the liability that you're trying to avoid or you know be protected from. Um, my biggest, our biggest advice is to seek out a local attorney to see if that is a right um, technique uh, for you to follow up on. Again, um, it's not typically necessary for one small property, but maybe it is for you. So uh, check that out with your local attorney and uh, accountant. Something else that a lot of property owners think about is how liquid is my vacation rental property. If I buy it today, you know, well, I have an opportunity to perhaps flip it. Um, three or four years ago, I would have said no. Today, that with the hot real estate markets in the areas that we serve in the Tennessee Smoky Mountains and the North Georgia Mountains, it's a very, very hot real estate market. Um, so it's important to note that, yes, you can um, probably sell your property quickly for a gain, but do you want to? You know, there's a big difference between short-term capital gains and long-term capital gains. And if you do sell your property for a profit, you know, what are you going to do with the excess over and above your cost basis? Um, you know, are you going to eat the tax or are you going to try to reinvest in some other property and properties that may not be available at a price point that you really are comfortable with? So as in, as um, attractive as perhaps selling for a profit might be, Take in consideration what your taxes will be, lost depreciation, and some other tools that you may have used in, a, you know, into purchasing this property and to managing the tax aspects of it. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about something that's going to creep you out for a second, and that's bed bugs. Bed bugs are prevalent in the hospitality in, uh, industry has nothing to do with cleanliness, has nothing to do with the age of the property. It's simply because we're such a mobile society. Um, you go to a hotel, you put your, uh, your bag on the bed, and all of a sudden one crawls into your bag and you go home and you've got bed bugs. Um, it does happen here. Um, it's important that you ask your management company that if it does happen to you, Who's responsible for the cost of eradication? And is there any opportunity for loss of income due to refunds to guests? Because I can tell you if guests are in a cabin and they determine uh, that there are bed bugs there, they're going to want their money back. Um, and then there's going to be downtime for treatment. So you're going to want to make sure to ask your property manager and consider this in two things. What do you do to eradicate bed bugs and how do you protect me from my loss of income? And I'll tell you something, there are various ways to treat for bed bug problems. There are chemicals, there are fogs, there's heat methods. There are dogs that are used to inspect properties that can identify, that can sniff out bed bugs. It's amazing. I've seen it. It works. Um, and the cost of, of a simple bed bug treatment can be as high as $750 to $800. And we've seen some in excess in the thousands of dollars, depending on the complexity of the of the bed bug infestation, if there's walls that have to be removed and things like that. So it's, it's very important that you be aware of 
and cognizant that it can happen. And again, it has nothing to do with cleanliness. It has nothing to do with the age of the property. It's simply because we're such a mobile society. And, um, and that's the, the, the crux, not just in the areas that we serve, but in all areas of the country. You know, I'll tell you, um, a lot of folks go into purchasing short-term rental properties and think it's just a passive investment, that it's going to be mailbox money, that they're going to purchase it, they're going to put it with a management company, and then the dough's just going to start flowing in, and it's going to be happy days are here again. It really is much more than a passive investment. It's quite an, an active investment. You're going to, for it to be, for you to have a truly successful and profitable, well-maintained property, it's going to require some work from you to be very involved with the company that you've decided to place your property with to manage. So you're going to want to make sure when you ask them, the companies that you're vetting, you know, who handles your owner relations? Is it going to be somebody different that I speak with every time? How often or how quickly can I expect a phone call or an email to be returned? Um, how are, are they going to look out for my property? Are they going to do regular inspections and tours of my property? These are all really, really important because a lot of you live some distance from the areas that we serve here in the Tennessee Smoky Mountains and in the Blue Ridge and uh, the North Georgia Mountains. So you could be in California, you could be in upstate New York, you could be in Florida, Texas, and the likelihood is you're going to rely a lot on the management company to take care of you and your property. So communication is key. So it's very important to know how they handle owner communication. Uh, last but not least, um, and I save this for last because owner temperament is something that is important to me because frankly, I'm a very poor real estate investor because I become emotionally attached to the properties that I own. And because of that, if something goes missing, something gets damaged, uh, something is out of sorts, I take it personally. So you have to ask yourself, do you believe that you have the temperament to own a short-term vacation rental property? Is it a pure investment for you? Or is it really an emotional buy for a second family home for you and your, your children, your grandchildren, that ultimately you may want to retire here and in that property one day? You have to go into this with the knowledge that, yes, things are going to go bad. Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to get broken. Um, things are going to go missing in some instances. Um, a lot of times we're able to hold guests accountable and charge guests or the damage insurance that they purchased. Sometimes, unfortunately, some of those costs are borne by you. It's just a cost of doing business. Um, but it's important that you take this in stride and realize at the end of the day that this is a business. It's a business. And, uh, and, and as such, you should treat it that way. So, you know, it's... Um, the final, you know, my final comment is owning a vacation rental property and the management of it is really like a three-legged stool. It's got to be good and financially viable for you. Frankly, it has to be good for us. We, you know, we're, we're in business to make money as well, and it has to be good for the guest. We have to jointly and mutually give the guest a really great vacation experience. And if one of those three legs wobble, it's not working for any of us 
for very long. So thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast on what it takes and what it's like to own a short-term vacation rental property here in the Tennessee Smokies and in the North Georgia mountains. And if you liked what you heard, and we would really like for you to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to. And uh, also, if you would like a paper on this particular topic or other topics that we have, please go to our website at www.cabinsforyou.com. Click on the property management tab, take a tour of our owner university, and this paper along with many others are there. So thank you again for listening. Uh, The next podcast will be in roughly a week. If you have any questions, go to our website and post on there. Uh, And until the next episode, thank you again for listening. This is Kevin Vozar with Cabins for You signing off. And remember, with Cabins for You, you can stay, play, and profit. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Hey, folks. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing or sharing with a friend and tune in next time for the latest episode of the CFY podcast. Until then, feel free to visit our website, cabins4u.com, where you can plan your next vacation, you can book 24-7, and learn more about our vacation rental management program. Till next time, see ya and have safe travels.